0: So, Rachel, what are we talking about in today's episode?
1: Yeah, so today we're going to talk about COVID-19 and abortion.
0: Oh, An okay. easy topic. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 super easy. Hey, guys, softball. it's Jesse. Yep. Okay. So we've so been doing these shorts episodes about COVID-19 and how this pandemic has impacted a variety of previous topics that we've explored on this podcast. And this is actually going to be the final episode of those shorts. So this episode is going to be about COVID-19 and how it has impacted abortion specifically. Producer Rachel Zabo has been going back and interviewing different experts and she's gonna share with me what she discovered about abortion and how it has been impacted by this pandemic. Listening to the Love Thy Neighborhood podcast, short Welcome to our corner of the urban universe. Okay, so Rach, so when we did our episode, Where the Gospel Meets Abortion, we followed the story of a Woman's Choice Resource Center, which shared walls with Louisville's abortion clinic.
1: Right. Side note here. So this organization, they still share walls with the abortion clinic, um, but they also have another office at a different, they have two locations now, um, and they're actually called Beside You for Life. They're no longer called a Woman's Choice. They did a rebranding and now they're called Beside You for Life. Yeah. Okay. But same organization.
0: Yeah. And I guess, tell us a little bit about the work that they do, because there's really kind of two facets to their organization.
1: Right. Yeah. So there's the the one side of it is what you would typically think of when you think of crisis pregnancy. There's the ultrasounds, the pregnancy tests, the counseling women who are pregnant.
0: Yeah. They're helping women that are in a crisis and pregnant. Right. It's it's about that. It's about Helping the mother and saving the life of the child.
1: Yeah, but then there is another side of what they do and that is caring for the life of the mother and the child longer term. So they offer what they call life skills classes. Women can come take GED classes. They can come get classes on parenting, about budgeting, anger management, like life skill things.
0: So they're really walking with with families from the point that they f- might be pregnant, all the way to the point that I think it's when that the youngest child leaves elementary school. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a pretty yeah. broad range.
1: It's a long term yeah relationship.
0: Yeah, I mean you're looking at a ten year span for at least per child in that family.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So you have gone back and you have talked again with. Monica Henderson, who's right, their, executive, their director. executive director. And so, yeah, what what did you discover?
1: You know, when it comes to abortion, what do we all want to talk about? We all want to talk about politics. Yeah, right. It's what we want to talk about. So let's just get that out of the way and talk about the politics.
2: You know, pretty early on in this process, some of the uh, professional OBGYN, reproductive medicine professional groups came out with a joint statement saying that abortion was essential Of course, pro-life OBGYNs came out with a counterstatement saying it's not essential. So that's there's always going to be that tug of war.
0: Okay, so like where we live in Kentucky, abortion clinics stayed open and stayed active. While like a variety of other things like in culture shut down, you know, that, you know, especially for Christians, Christians had a very hard time, you know, in our state with you won't allow us to meet for a church service, but you'll keep the abortion clinics open And that that was a very, very hard line. Or you even get the folks, you know, that were like, you know, why is it that I can't go have this outpatient medical procedure that I need done, but you're going to keep abortion clinics open. And so there's been a lot of tension in the state of Kentucky with our governor regarding how we've approached the issue of abortion throughout this pandemic.
1: Yeah. And uh, Monica actually brought that up in our conversation.
2: The governor himself will not say it's essential He just defers to medical professionals. So uh, currently in Kentucky, it is still categorized as essential because the providers say it's essential. So the abortion clinic in Louisville is still active and providing abortions, and it doesn't seem like the traffic has slowed down any from the counts that I've seen. And in fact, women are traveling from out of state to get abortions here. In fact, the New York Times had an article delineating several stories of women in Texas who are crossing state lines to get abortions, one one of whom came to Louisville to get an abortion.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay, so I can see, you know, in addition to the fact that we're dealing with abortion, everything that we're hearing from the government is like, don't travel and don't travel across state lines. That That is right. said every single day, you know, on our televisions in Kentucky. But then it seems like our... Uh, our state government is like giving a pass, you know, when it comes to this issue. It's like it's fine that you can come into our state.
1: So that article that Monica's referencing in The New York Times, it talks about this mother in Houston who, you know, at the time when the article was written was at the time when Texas was banning abortions. And so she couldn't get one where she lived. And so she was looking at other avenues or other places and she looked at a couple other states and it just like felt kept falling through like she couldn't get appointments and all that and she finally was able to get one in Kentucky and the article actually says that she found some fund that would help her pay for her travel to Louisville and it doesn't say what that fund was or where she found that but yeah i just thought that was interesting of like you're you're letting someone travel during a pandemic for yeah. this like that doesn't seem yeah. safe like not only are we Fulfilling abortions in our own state, we're also now fulfilling abortions for other states. Yeah. And clearly because of that, you know, like Monica said, the, the traffic or the, the clientele at the abortion clinic hasn't gone down at all. But for beside you, their traffic has gone down considerably because they are not essential. And so they've had to close most of their services.
2: Well, operationally, we closed our life skills ministry the same week that daycares were closed in Kentucky. You know, daycares were supposed to close by 5 p.m. that day. And we kind of treated our life skills ministry as sort of in that social service. People groups larger than 10 could potentially gather. And so we closed life skills.
0: Gosh. So what she's saying here is like half their ministry shut down. As yeah. a result of this. Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
2: Right before we closed, we let all of our regular life skills clients know that we were closing and that if they needed any of the regular material assistance that we usually provide, diapers, wipes, household items, clothing, formula, to the extent that we had any of that stock that we wanted to load them up. And so we had about 11 or 12 of our regular students uh, take care packages to go more or less that week before we closed. And then um, we closed our main pregnancy center. Um, so all of our regular day-to-day operations at our main location are closed.
0: Gosh, so if they've closed their pregnancy center and they've closed their life skills, what's what's still operational then?
1: Yeah, so they are still operating the
2: space that they have next to the abortion clinic. Okay. And we have kept our pregnancy center next to the abortion clinic open. Uh, limited hours, but still... Uh, to open Tuesday through Saturday.
0: Okay. So even amidst all of this, even with social distancing, with the rules that are in place, their pregnancy center next to the clinic is still operational. So they're still providing pregnancy tests and ultrasounds to women that are in a crisis pregnancy.
1: Yeah. And so since that portion of their ministry is still open, you know, the one that's operating right next door to the abortion clinic, I wanted to ask Monica, you know, what what is happening on the sidewalks then? Because if you remember in our episode that we did on this, the sidewalks is like a bonanza of activity.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you've got people on the pro-life side, but that, like that's a huge spectrum. So you've got folks that are just like praying for people out loud. You've got folks that want to talk to women as they go in. You've got folks that are sh- holding up signs of fetuses. Like you've got pro-choice people that are fighting back against the pro-life people. like It gets truly like a three-ring circus out on the sidewalk in front of the clinic. Uh,
2: The sidewalks are definitely quieter. The escorts have decided to remove themselves in order to observe social distancing. The pro-life activists on the sidewalk have diminished substantially, but there are still a few out there.
1: Okay, so escorts, those would be The folks who are pro-choice, those would be the folks helping escort people into the abortion clinic. So what she's saying is they've backed off. They are no longer on the sidewalk because they said we need to practice social distancing. And then pro-life activists, which, again, are not connected with besides you, in any way. Yeah, because
0: Beside You doesn't actually do any kind of sidewalk stuff. That's not a part of their their ministry.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. But the pro-life folks are still out there. There's less numbers, but they are still gathering. They are still talking with people on the sidewalk.
2: The escorts are watching from their cars. There's I think on their own website, they said that they were going to watch from CARS and document um, social distance violations of the pro-life activists and then report it to the abortion clinic. I don't know why they wouldn't report it to the authorities, but that's the position that they're taking.
0: That is confusing, like, why they wouldn't just call the cops. It's also strange in this whole thing, right? Like, I mean, that's kind of... It's like they're
1: spying on them. Yeah, But, but it's also, like,
0: the oddity of, like... People who volunteer as escorts to take women in, they deeply believe what they're doing is ethical. And then they believe as well that sitting in their cars is also ethical because they're, you know, observing social distancing. It's just, it's such a strange thing. The duality of people believing both these things are ethical, but it's like you're doing one thing that's like feels very atrocious to me and then another thing that it's like oh yeah that's that's a good and decent choice
1: yeah well and then on the flip side so i went to the website the escort website or whatever their blog and i was looking at what they had on there and yeah more than half of them aren't wearing masks they're like talking face to face with other people yeah okay so so it's like the
0: opposite it's like
1: yeah it's mind-boggling
0: yeah. So you, here you got folks that are like, I'm defending life, but then they're not doing social distancing, which could definitely get somebody sick. And so it's like, in both situations, both parties believe I'm doing the absolute ethical thing on both counts. Right. And it's like, what a mess.
1: Yeah. So this is all like craziness. This is like, paints a dismal picture of what's happening in regards to abortion, what's going on, COVID-19.
0: Yeah, it's not encouraging.
1: No, it's definitely not. But as I was talking to Monica, you know, there is some good that's coming out of all of this that they've seen in their ministry at Beside You.
2: We have continued to provide material support to those regular clients since we've been closed. So about once a week, we have a pickup day where food, diapers, wipes, and household items can be picked up. We, we schedule those pickup times about 30 minutes apart so we can continue to observe social distancing. And we're probably, we're probably supporting consistently on a weekly basis, 13 to 15 families. And also while we're helping them hearing that they're doing fine, that you know, that their their demeanor, their attitude has been good and we we have such a good relationship with them that we don't think that they would lie to us if they weren't doing well. And they you know, I think some of the strength and resilience that they have shown throughout the whole shutdown and the kids being home and that kind of stuff is partly because of our support and the the community that we've built here in our life skills ministry.
1: Yeah. So I have a lot more respect for single moms during this time. Like you are the sole provider. You are the sole caretaker. And also your child is with you 24-7.
0: Or your multiple children.
1: Right. And And for a lot of their clients, they are single mothers. Yeah, Not all of them,
0: but a lot of them. Right. And a lot of their clients, the majority of their clients, you know, come from low-income backgrounds. So you've got, I don't have much money coming in. I'm home with my children and I'm doing it solo. That is a really, really hard dynamic. And so to hear Monica express like, You know, we're talking to them all the time. And generally speaking, they're doing pretty well. Like, that's kind of amazing.
1: It's incredible. And here's the thing with all of this is, you know, even when the whole pandemic subsides and we go back to, you know, quote unquote, normal, the reality is that besides you for life, they still have a lot of work to do in the weeks and months ahead.
2: You know, people are isolating at home, most likely with their partners with unprotected sex. And we're going to see, I don't know anybody in this area that doesn't think we're going to see sort of a coronavirus baby boom. Fear and economic stability are going to contribute to a higher demand for abortion services, you know, putting um, pre-born babies at risk. And being able to meet those needs is a little bit daunting, thinking, okay, how do we do what we do better and more effectively for more women? So that the unpredictableness of all of this, I think is hard on everybody. It's not just us, it's everybody. (laughs) Everybody in Coronaville is struggling with the uncertainty.
1: That sounds like a Dr. Seuss book, everybody in Coronaville.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish we were in a Dr. Seuss book right now. Yeah,
0: I mean, so basically she's saying like, we're definitely not through this. In fact, what we can predict is that a lot of women are going to get pregnant throughout this pandemic and we will probably see a spike. And th- And we're hearing that across all sectors of society, that there's probably going to be a baby boom spike as a result of this.
1: And with the added stress of uncertainty with jobs, you know, the economy the way it is, that it's highly likely that many women will try to opt for an abortion.
0: Yeah, or feel the pressure to make that choice. Yeah. And so she's basically saying, like, like this has been very hard on us, but really she's predicting...
2: Like, they're just getting started.
0: They're just getting started.
2: Yeah. We all just need to pray for each other. There's great ministries doing great work in all areas around town and around the country, and when we depend on church support and, you know, no government support in general... We all just need to look around and support each other and lift one another up.
0: thanks to monica henderson if you'd like to support the work of beside you for life you can head to their website beside you.org that's b-s-i-d-e the letter u.org to hear more about their ministry and to hear more about how christians are engaging the topic of abortion in general check out episode number four where the gospel meets abortion You can find this and other episodes by visiting our website at lovethyneighborhood.org slash L-T-N podcast.